Tom Bernard Show with co-host Catherine Brandt, L.A. Nick, Alex Brandt-Bernard Rasmussen, Melissa Kirk, Andy Brandt-Bernard, and Cassie Schrader. We got it covered top to bottom. That's all I know. Special Keep guest Jason Proofer coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. This was my ringtone for such a long time. I can see really? that. Yep. I can see that. Yep. This is my ringtone for a very long time. <laughs> Jason Proofer on the phone. Jason Proofer, yep. how are you, sir? How are things? Fantastic. How are you? Marvelous. Simply marvelous. Except, uh, are you in Ohio right now? Oh, yeah. You bet. Is it chilly? Very cold. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah pretty it's pretty bad. bad. Probably not a probably not as bad as where you are but we are still you know we're still frozen alive here minus 60 wind chill you don't got that down there <laughs> something you know my is there is there a difference between minus 30 and minus 60 absolutely oh, that's where yes. we are here absolutely minus 30 is awful but minus 60 is dangerous that's the difference yeah yeah, yeah that's, very, that's very true dangerous. that's true Jason, after being in in radio, rock and roll radio for all my life since I was 18, 19 years old, this is exciting for me. Small town, big music, the outsized influence of Kent, Ohio, and the history of rock and roll. I love rock and roll stories. Uh, I'll just sit yeah. back and listen because I, I just love the take on all of this stuff. I really do. So the book's doing well. Yeah, sure. It is doing excellent. It's number number one in the rock music uh, charts on uh, Amazon.com right now, and uh, that's uh, that's crazy for me. For a first time author, I'm it, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, where did it all and, start? Uh, how, and, how it, only, you... it only. How did the book come about? How did all these stories come about? 
No, I mean, just your involvement. How did you? When when did you decide to write the book, and and how did it all come together? Well, you know, Kent has a very rich uh, music history. And it has a rich music history in the um, artists that came out of here. So, for example, Joe Walsh, Devo, Chrissy Hine, and, and the Black Keys, who, who came out of Akron but did all their earliest uh, performances here in, in Kent. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been stories that have floated around this town for years. I'm a native of Kent, 44 years. And uh, there, these stories have just floated around town for years. And so then I just spent the last basically 10 years researching these stories, finding people who had been involved. I found all kinds of unpublished photographs of, you know, Joe Walsh playing downtown or Chrissy Hine doing a photo shoot when she was like 19 years old on the, the corner of, of, you know, of, of some obscure road in town. And, and, you know, all these photos of um, Patrick Carney and Dan Arbach of the Black Keys performing in town before they were well-known and, and Devo, of course, all kinds of stuff around here. And nobody had ever really put it all together. Um, so I decided to, to put all that stuff into one book. Now, in addition to that, because Kent, uh, Ohio, is the home of Kent State University, we've also hosted all these big concerts over these years. So we've had Pink Floyd and Elton John and Ray Charles and all kinds of people have performed here in the 60s and the 70s and, and beyond. And all this information was in like a thousand different places, and I just gathered it all and put it all into one book. Jason, I have to ask you this because I've heard this for years and years, and I don't know if it's true or not, but you would know this. Did Joe Walsh okay. actually say the words, did he actually say the words, I love the Beatles, but I've got the measles? Is that true? Huh. I don't know if that's true, but his first band was the measles. Was and, the measles. Uh, and they exactly. loved, was the measles. And that's the, that's the first chapter in, in my book is about his first band. It's about... It's about, they were called the Measles. And they were, I wouldn't call them a Beatle knockoff band, but they played music yeah. that was in this, that had that sound, that had that Beatles sound. So, yep. and, and, and so they were huge. And Joe's a huge Beatles fan, too. It may be true. Yeah, he is. You know, he probably did I'm... say that. <laughs> it's a great line. I've got the measles. Okay, well, that's right. good. Joe's, Joe's an interesting guy. Uh, you know, hanging around rock and roll, as I said, all my life pretty much, whether in radio or working at Capitol Records or whatever. These stories and these people, they're very, very interesting people. Joe Walsh is an interesting guy. Sammy Hagar, very, very interesting yeah. people. It's amazing. Yeah, Wonderful. absolutely. Yeah, you know, I think so now, you know, I got to know Joe in the in the making of this book and he charmed me like you wouldn't believe. I mm-hmm. mean, even if this guy was not famous, he would have charmed me to death. I think he probably charmed his way, you know, from from being a freshman at Kent State all the way into being in the in the Eagles. I think he just worked his mm-hmm. charm the whole way. I mean, he's a really good guitar player too. I mean, you know, there's some of that yeah, going on, yeah. but you know, he he's he's just he's incredible, really. You know. Well, Pretty and, tough uh, to beat was, Rocky it, it was Mountain crazy. Way. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Life in the fast lane. I mean, that's his signature mm-hmm. Eagle song, and you yep. know, and that's his. That's uh, that's him and Don Felder doing the guitar solo on Hotel California. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. that's big stuff. I mean, that's that's as that's as big as it gets. You know. So, Jason, did you but just it's, it's, as a very young kid? Did you have a lot of interest in rock and roll? Were you just attracted to the music, the culture? Is that how this all started with for Absol- you? Absolutely. You know, the it, th- this being a university town, I mean, uh, there was just rock and roll everywhere. I mean, as a little kid, I'd see flyers all over town, you know, for different bands that were playing on the different in the different clubs in town. And then the university um, had its own radio station. <laughs> it has two radio stations actually. And um, yeah, and you know, Cleveland is a rock and roll mecca. You know, WMMS was a big deal. Certainly, you being in radio would know about WMMS back in the 70s sure. and in the 80s. You know, oh, yeah. And whatnot. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's a big deal around here. So, well, so you know, hearing these right. things that had happened, you know, you know, this town is small. There's only like 30,000 people that live here, and then, there's, then the university population is 30,000. This is a small town. Things like Devo and Chrissy Hine and the Black Keys and 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 whatnot and joe walsh this stuff is not supposed to come out of a place this small it's supposed to come out of some place like new york city you know mm-hmm. I, I i actually i actually can't think of a of a college town that is richer than this town as far as as music 
you know, there are some comparable, but nothing like, you know, no, nothing has as much as what Kent, Ohio has. And nobody really knows about it. And that, so that's why I put this book out. I think it's a great idea. And by the way, for people who might not know this, Ohio is a huge rock and roll state. I mean, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in Ohio. We're talking about Kent, oh, yeah. Ohio, uh, Cleveland, Ohio, obviously, where the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is. That, that state is big time into rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a is a really big deal around here, too. Yeah, and uh, and and I've 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 been up there probably at least ten times uh, since it opened in 1995. As a matter of fact, I remember being nine years old, uh, and they were petitioning to bring the uh, this is in 1984. They were petitioning to bring the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, either to like Cleveland, New York, or Chicago or something. Mm-hmm. And um, there were different there were there were petition lists that were sent out to different cities. And I remember I had one of these lists where you could sign the sign a petition to bring the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame to Cleveland. And I and at nine years old, I taped the list to the local clubhouse for all the kids to sign. <laughs> I, don't, I, like I don't think we <laughs> I don't think we I don't think we had any impact on that, but it did end up coming to Cleveland. So, <laughs> you know that very famous story out of Kent State, where the where the uh, you know the students were killed. What was it? Uh, four people were killed on the Kent State uh, campus. Did that have a lot oh, yeah. of effect on the rock and roll culture back then? Did it change the rock and roll coming out of Ohio forever? Well, I mean, it it changed. You know, that was May fourth, nineteen seventy. I mean, that was like mm-hmm. certainly around here. That was like the the big bang. You know, that's sort of the line of demarcation. Uh, um, did it did it change it? I mean, it changed. If you you know, it's interesting because. If you look at rock and roll before May 4th, 1970, and after May 4th, 1970, just in general, it changes. You know, you go yep. before May 4th, yep. 1970, there's a ton of protest stuff. You know, there's your Creedence Clearwater Revival and all this stuff. And and after 1970, that's when you kind of get into your James Taylors and your Elton Johns. And, you know, this stuff sort of, you know, it starts to sort of walk back from that. It walks back from that edge that, that had built up through the 60s. Now, whether that was because of May 4th, 1970, I couldn't tell you. But at least around here, people say that May 4th, 1970 marked the end of the 1960s. So I, I think yeah. there's something to yep. it. I think you're absolutely right about that. The, uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, Jason, I'm a, I'm a little older than you. More than a little older than you. Uh-huh. But uh, at four years old, the biggest thing was Elvis Presley. I um, mean, you know, he, he uh. broke through with rock and roll. Uh, so Elvis Presley, when I was four years old, then when I was 11 years old, the Beatles broke. And then Oof. three, four years after that, Jimi Hendrix came on the scene. So going Oof. from Elvis to the Beatles to Jimi Hendrix, I feel like I was born at the perfect time to love rock and roll music. It's just unbel- it's amazing what happened. Absolutely, and I know that you were, you know, doing all the research and knowing what I know about the history of rock and roll. I mean, that was the primest period, and everybody that I talk to who is around your age, they all say the same thing. They are so glad that they were born in that time period to mm-hmm. have experienced all of that. You know, I come, a, I come a generation later. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you do, but, you sir. Know, I, <laughs> But I got to get. But I got it as a whole package. I didn't experience it uh, as it happened. But I got mm-hmm. to see. I got to experience it as a gigantic archive. You know, I could dip in whenever I wanted, wherever I wanted, and explore it because it already happened. You know, that's sort of the job of the historian. You know, and the archivist, which is what I do. Yes, Jason. I got to tell you a very quick story. We're also talking about that the era of Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin one, and I was. Uh, Interviewing Jimmy, I've, I've talked to Jimmy Page and interviewed him a couple of different, about uh, four or five different times, actually. But I was talking to him about uh, when I was 16 years old, I had a girlfriend, and uh, Led Zeppelin One came out. And I said, uh, we used to listen to that all the time, uh, that, that girl and I would listen to. We just loved Led Zeppelin One, the greatest. And I said, but it turns out, basically, Jimmy, that she loved Led Zeppelin, but she didn't love me. And he said... Didn't you listen to the whole album, Babe? I'm gonna leave you. <laughs> it was a great line. <laughs> so right, right. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, so which is much a, fun. Which is a great song, by the way. You know, it's interesting. Oh, Jimmy God. Page's first, his first, that first Les Paul, that iconic 1959 Les Paul that you associate mm-hmm. uh, with Led Zeppelin. He actually got that from Joe Walsh, 
who played that in the really? James Gang here in Kent. Yeah. Yeah, if you do your research, uh, if you look at you know, Joe Walsh talks about it, Jimmy Page talks about it, but Joe Walsh was playing that in the James Gang in the clubs here in Kent, and then um, in April of 1969, he flew out to San Francisco and sold Jimmy that Les Paul. Really? And that was... Uh, yeah, because... That was the... you... I wonder what he sold it so, how much so it was. Well... Yeah. Yeah, that I that I don't know. Because that, today, a, today it's about today it's about eighty to hundred grand. <laughs> I suppose, right, yeah, I, I think I it was it probably be. closer to maybe two or two or three hundred dollars or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't probably. think that Les Pauls were were Les Pauls weren't particularly in vogue back then, and uh, no. and 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 I think and and Jimmy had been playing a Telecaster because uh, uh, so all of Led Zeppelin one Jimmy Page is playing a Telecaster, and, and that's a Telecaster that he sort of brought with him from the Yardbirds. And something happened where Joe Walsh, who wasn't quite famous yet, had befriended Jimmy Page. And he said, listen, you're basically playing in a power trio. So you need, you know, with a front man, which would be Robert Plant. And the James Gang were a power trio without a front man, except it was Joe Walsh. Um, and he basically mm -hmm. said, to play in a power trio, you need something with, you know, some more oomph to it. You need a Les Paul. And, uh, and that's when uh, I think Jimmy said, so you, you got one for me? And, and uh, Joe Walsh flew out to San Francisco and sold him the iconic Les Paul that uh, you associate with Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I'm a Les Paul it fan. Is. Les Paul with a Marshall stack, you can't beat that sound. No, it's, it's as heavy as it gets. It's as heavy as it gets. And you know what's interesting is that in 1959, when those iconic guitars were fir first came out, nobody had any idea what you could really do with them, you know? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's no Not real very... heavy music from 1959 or 1960, yet these 59 Les Pauls are so sought after in, you know, in, in the hard rock. The world. money, they're going for crazy money. I watched them on auction, and the money's just, uh, I can't believe what they sell for. I believe no. it. And, that... and, you know, I think people think they could become Jimmy Page by playing these things, but, you know. You know. <laughs> okay, good luck. <laughs> good luck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is, that's the Les Paul that plugs in from underneath. It doesn't plug in the face of the guitar. It plugs in underneath the guitar, right? That's that Les Paul. I, I yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe pretty so. Sure. The, the reason I bring that up, Jason, is that the Labor Temple used to put on these magnificent rock shows back in the day, and Johnny Winter played a Les Paul as well. And one of the greatest things, I was not at oh. the concert, and God, I wish I would have been at the concert because he would be just kicking ass and playing the hell out of the guitar, and then he'd step on the cord and unplug the guitar because it plugged in from the bottom, not in the front. Oh. And so you'd hear this magnificent <laughs> guitar work, and then all of a sudden silence, and then you'd hear Johnny Winter go, God damn it! Because <laughs> it kept happening. It was wonderful. I love rock and roll, Jason. Jason Prufer. It's P-R-U-F-E-R, -E small town, big music, yes. the outsized influence of Kent, Ohio, and the history of rock and roll. Jason, thanks for your time. Great stories, man. Hey, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to talk to you this afternoon. Thank you, sir. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Thank you. A program that benefits the homeowner and not the realtor? Do you want a guaranteed offer on your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl, who has some exciting news to share. Hey, Tom, we are super excited to announce our guaranteed offer program. Here's how it works. If you qualify, we will guarantee you an offer on your house within 48 hours, which means you could be closing in three weeks. No staging, no cleaning, no decluttering, and of course, no open houses. This is your hassle-free way to sell your home. If you qualify for the program, you will get a competitive offer in 48 hours, period. Sounds like a stress-free way to sell your home. It is, Tom. Some homeowners want the convenience to be able to sell their home quickly without going through the stress of showings, open houses, and so many more headaches, especially if they found their dream home and need to sell fast. You do need to qualify for this program, but that's quick and convenient as well. To see if you qualify for the guaranteed offer program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate, go to chrislindahl.com right now or call 763-401-SOLD. Once again, that's chrislindahl.com, Chris with a K. If you're tired of feeling frustrated because your clothes don't fit like they used to, then Nutramost is for you. Thanks to the Sheehy brothers and staff at Nutramost in Plymouth, I am down 92.5 pounds. The Nutramost program is amazing. I lost over 40 pounds during each of my first two 40-day rounds. You can have great success just like me because Nutramost is customized for each individual person. 
and the staff at Nutramost will be there for you every step of the way. Start your weight loss journey today and let Nutramost help change your life. Give yourself this wonderful gift or give this program as a present. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Nutramost helped me change my life and they can help you too. Call 763-333-7337. That's 763-3337. I love the black keys. Yeah, good stuff. You damn right. You know, I gotta tell you, Tom. Uh, I gotta tell you real quick that you, you and Dougie did a really great job on the new Walter commercials. Oh, really? Yeah, they're good, man. They're funny. I think they're really good. Yeah. Well, Doug, if Doug's on them, I don't even pay attention. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, they, they, they do. They, they really stand out. I think they're really good commercials. Oh, I will tell you this, and I hope. Well, I hope he is listening, but I hope he's not listening. But I will tell you, working with Doug Sprinthal over the past seven, eight, ten years, whatever it's been. It's been a dream. He's just a great guy to work with. He's very creative. Couldn't be a nicer guy. Damn it, I hate being nice to him. Is, is he, is don't he, tell him. Is he, Nobody ri- tell him. Is he writing those commercials? Yep. Oh, yep, he writes them. They're really good commercials. He is really, really good. Now, I have to ask everyone there en masse, what the hell is wrong with Ariana Grande? What is her problem? I what's don't not, even know what you're talking about. With her. Yeah, I don't know what. <laughs> but yeah, what do you mean, Ariana Grande? Would when she licked the donut and put it back oh. on the shelf? Well, that was well, like years ago. When she and Pete, well, she still did it. I don't well, care but, how oh, long ago. That is a very odd thing. Well, no, I know, but I thought you were just. No, the list is going to go on. He's oh, okay. starting with that. Okay. okay. Oh yes, well you know, and then <laughs> the, the, the Pete Davidson thing. On. The Pete Davidson thing was a complete joke. That was never serious, and everybody knows it. Well, she's done it again. Uh, Ariana Grande got a new tattoo that's supposed to read seven rings in Japanese to honor her latest single. What it actually reads is Shichirin. Shichirin. What does that mean? It's a small barbecue grill. (laughs) (laughs) She was had. She was had, man. She did? I want to see this tattoo. I want to translate it myself. I know. I have a Japanese friend, and he says most Japanese writing on American products. Most of it's wrong. Mean gibberish. Yep. (laughs) Really? Yeah, almost every single one. They they mean either something really stupid or nothing. Japanese fans noticed the error when Grande posted a picture of the ink on Instagram Tuesday (laughs) night and pointed out what her palm actually read. Grande acknowledged on Twitter that she had accidentally left out a character, but that the tattoo still looks tight. Oh, my God. It still looks tight. Where's the the tattoo at? (laughs) It's on her hand. It's on her palm. She got a tattoo on the palm of her hand. Ah. Whoever that tattoo artist is an idiot. You cannot tattoo the palm of your hand. Why not? It will not last more than a couple years. Yeah, your hand is too, like... You can't yeah. tattoo the palm of your hand. You just yeah, can't do it. Yeah, I have a it. Maybe that's why she did it. Got the inside of her lip tattooed. No, that'll uh, stay forever. Oh, yeah. No. It, no? It, like, a couple years, it just turned into, like, mush, well, and then the it Well, the palm of your hand will never stay. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. There's too much going on there. Tattoos rely on not being disturbed too much before they... Yeah, and believe it or not, true, different yeah. nationalities have different... <clears throat> tattoos have different effect on different nationalities. Like Italian, there's a... It's called red disease. So no red ink sticks to Italians and a lot of Hispanics. Huh. So the red ink will fade with, like, quick, like, within hmm. a couple years. Oh, because they've got so much melon. Yeah, I have some melody. red. I have a red heart on, in my, on one of my tattoos, and it was solid red, and it's now it's solid nothing. It's just solid white. Nothing. Solid it's just white. <laughs> Solid. No, there's nothing like solid nothing. Yep, Let me just point nothing. that out. But yeah, Ariana Grande, I don't know if she's just that stupid or arrogant or both. A lot, she, of, people, her to- a lot her... of people are stupid when it comes to tattoos. You got that right. <laughs> well, you got technically, that right. I mean, a lot of people. Technically speaking, her tattoo does say seven wheels, but they don't, like in Japan. They don't write it that way. That means Dialect's charcoal different. grill. Yeah, right. dialect stuff. Charcoal. <laughs> charcoal grill. Well, it would be like amazing. I don't know. It would be like uh, trying to think of an example of something that's like you know, is there something in our culture that has a name like that? That's like just two words put together. 
like charcoal grill? Well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good example. But you know what pretty I'm well. saying. Charcoal grill. It's like it's, yes, I yeah, know exactly what you're she, saying. She it does say what she thinks it says, but the, it's you don't say it not like used that. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so it's just not proper. Well, dialect. I would never have a tattoo put on my body that you can't read. That yeah, I can't read or like unless if I spoke that language, mm-hmm. I'd be right. like, oh yeah, then right. this makes sense. I would. I would if, never if you're Japanese. Yeah, I'd never feel compelled to be like, oh mm. yes, Mandarin. Right. I'm just gonna get that tattooed on <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. For... How many tattoo artists are fluent in all of these That's languages? The well, that's one thing, but then just also, like, what does it even mean to you? It has no... You just decided, like, oh, you know... It looks tight. Swahili, and even if you went to, <laughs> Even if you went to Japan and had it done, they would write something wrong on purpose. Cause yeah, they probably, the way yeah. The Japanese yeah. are. American. <laughs> they would giggle yeah. when you left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Unless you spoke Japanese to them. Yes. Yeah. But if you went in there saying, like, I don't speak Japanese, but I want a tattoo in Japanese, they would... Yeah. yeah, they would mess with you. I watched all the tidying up series, <laughs> and now I'm here to get my tattoo. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'd say if I went to the Greek tattoo, tattoo shop. You have a green tattoo, Greek, Greek tattoo. but she reads oh. Greek, so but I mean, I can read it, so that makes sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Technically, she reads ancient Greek, but you know, yeah. Where'd you learn that? School, Bible school, they or have whatever. Schools, Bible school, <laughs> theology yeah, school. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. because you need to know ancient um, Greek in order to properly translate the Bible. Well, that's like one of the true. schools that I oh, went yeah. to. You had to learn Latin. Like yeah, you had me too. To learn Latin. But I wanted I, to take Latin, but it was not in the cards. No. <laughs> God, I want the well, when Kostaki for... calls in, please speak to him in Greek and yeah, see what speak happens. To him in Greek. We'll see I, how it I cannot speak perfect. modern Greek. No, ancient and modern. Ancient it's like and ancient modern and modern English. They just hey, don't. Let's different. We can test him out. See yeah. what he knows. Speak ancient Greek. I don't think he does. He know any Greek just because he's Greek. Yeah, I don't know. Mean, I'm sure he, he can. Re- I'm sure he can read it, but I mean, like, I don't know if he speaks all Greek. Pronounced differently. When we were on the way to swimming lessons last week, there was a food truck that passed by, and it was Pharaoh's Euros. And Dan was like, ah, oh, yes, the Egyptian. Pharaoh? Yeah, yeah what? The Egyptian Greek food. <laughs> like, what? what? Yeah. Pharaoh's tacos? Pharaoh's no, Euros. Oh, Pharaoh's Euros. Okay. Yeah. Euros. Euros. Okay, Dad. Fair- turn them off. I don't really understand. Get turn mic off. <laughs> They're the gyros. Time to be yeah, gyros. Take over. <laughs> this yeah, that's right. Gyros. Gyros. Just call them gyros. It's oh, easier. God. Yeah, but it's like just because oh. they rhyme, they're just going to put it together. Yeah. Like, this works. Put it on yeah. a truck. It's marketing. Marketing yeah. 101. Well, and we were in Savage, I guess. so. So they know nothing. Yeah, they're <laughs> not keen to the. Yeah. Whatever you're trying to say. Whatever I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, but I'm the today, bad guy. That's what I love. Today, don't even. Well, I have some news. To any. It is what? so cold out. They are uh, postponing all beer deliveries to liquor stores. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because it freezes and explodes. Oh. Because they're freezing. Mm-hmm. So they had to postpone. So Well, that'll happen. It's not a good timing well, with Super Bowl this weekend, but <laughs> yeah. doesn't a refrigerated truck keep them at a certain temperature? No, apparently they were having problems with them freezing, so they just postponed oh. all deliveries to liquor stores. Even if a refrigerated bars. truck's refrigerated, it's not a it's heated truck. It's going to freeze even more. Yeah, getting colder. Well, it's like no. Dan well, keep it at a constant temperature. Well, that's like Dan. He's like on his quote-unquote work trip. Mm-hmm. And he was like doing the. He's like, yeah, last year we did the boiling water into the air thing and watched mm-hmm. it freeze. And he's like, and you can't drink your beer fast enough because it freezes. And I'm like, so this work, you're working yeah. just yeah. so hard <laughs> on this trip, throwing boiling water into the air. Apparently, a lot of people are getting injured doing that. Well, yeah, if you yeah. throw it like up, By the way. yeah, that's stupid. Just Don't add you. So Whee! if you're going to do it. Yeah. Find out how to do it properly. Why don't you oh, just God. not do it? How about that? Or that. Yeah, well, I mean, you have that. to throw it out. <laughs> yes. Away yeah. from you. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> not up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It all works out in the end. Andy, by the way, um, that story you questioned yesterday. Which one? The Jussie Smollett yeah, story. Yeah, there's a bunch of mm-hmm. the things are, stories oh, yeah. changing, the things Empire, are not true. The yeah. Empire guy that got attacked. 
Well, I will tell you this. After reviewing hundreds of hours of footage from downtown surveillance cameras, including privately owned cameras near the scene, Chicago police cannot find any footage of the alleged attack mm -hmm. on Empire actor Jesse Smollett. So even though there were cameras in the area, it didn't happen on camera. And the other thing that Catherine did discover is when the cops uh, got there, remember the attack happened at 2 o'clock in the morning? Mm -hmm. He still had the rope around his neck 42 minutes later. Yeah. I wonder why yeah, he would I mean, keep that on. There's yeah, a lot just... of weird inconsistencies with this whole story, and yeah. I'm sure, I don't know, it's weird because I would think that this would be a national news thing, and there'd be so many investigative journalists yes. trying to figure out how who did this and how it happened and all that stuff, and they've been pretty quiet. But the th one thing that makes me be suspicious, and like I said, if you know somebody attacked him, um, that's horrible, and that shouldn't happen to anybody just because he is who he is. It just sucks. No, but I understand that. They, uh, the TMZ reported in the first place that um, they were yelling MAGA or yeah. something. Yep. Yeah, this is and, MAGA uh, country. Uh, yeah, and mm -hmm. apparently that was never mentioned to the police until another interview later in yep. the day. <laughs> so how TMZ would have had that information from the police report, mm -hmm. that is that can't ha that couldn't have happened. Oh, also the so, noose was made happen, out of a uh, nylon clothesline. So what? It's pretty bad well, news. It's still a noose, but I mean, it's you know the Not whole thing. Really, the whole thing. Even if it's set up, it's horrible. If it, it happened, it's horrible. Yeah, either way, it's horrible. You're right. And how we've come to these kind of people in America be acting like this and. I just it makes me sick because everyone instantly believes them and they get attention and yeah they do that's what it boils down oh. to everyone wants attention mm -hmm. well yep. he does have a wound on his face under his eye and he does have a fractured rib so mm -hmm. something happened mm -hmm. we just don't know what uh, the police said that there was no way to tell these men were white because they were wearing masks, so no one knows what their race was. It would just assume that they were white. How you they, can't make assumptions like that. How did they know that they were masked if there was no footage of the attack? Because he said that they had masks yep. on. But he couldn't tell their, their race because you couldn't see through the masks on their faces or they had gloves on and whatever. Look, I'm just reporting. I, I don't have an opinion on this case because, as Catherine just pointed out, either way, it's horrible. Yes. You know, if it happened to him, it's horrible. And if he's making it up, it's horrible. But he did get hurt by somebody. Uh, nobody yelled MAGA country, by the way. That was made up for later because the cops said it's not in there. It's not even in the police report. Well, the re-interview of him. Yeah. Now they're saying that that happened. Yeah. Well, why didn't you bring it up in the first place? Well, the I cops. just, yeah, I know. I mean, I, I just really was. Kamala Harris, of course, she's a Democratic presidential contender. Kamala Harris called the attack, quote, an attempted modern day lynching. Of course she did. We got to stop with this. It, it, seriously. We got us just these people jumping on stories. We need to find out what actually happened. I, I hope to God that nobody put a rope around a black man's neck in Chicago. I, I, that's the most disgusting thing I've ever heard, Hard. at least in modern day. And I, but I just there are so many inconsistencies here, Andy, that you picked up on yesterday, and I don't know. I, I just they need to find out what really, and they can't find it anywhere on surveillance camera. So that's very odd. Now, there was another video today of this large guy punching two women over a hot dog oh, yeah, yep. in L.A. Did yep. you see that? Yep, like, I did see that. What is with people? I mean, he was gigantic, mm -hmm. and he knocked one woman unconscious. Oh, my God. Her friend went over to tell him to, I, I don't even know, I think she was going to try to hit him, but he was gigantic. And he hit her, like, I don't know, four times. And there's footage of this. It's because not something you could dog? mistake. Yeah, I guess yep. he was having a fight with the hot dog vendor, and one of the women said, could you please just order so we could get our food? And he turned around and punched her so hard he knocked her out. Oh, God. Like a Over a freaking hot dog. Class act. Yeah, sounds God. like it. And then he ran away like a big wuss. I was going to say something else, but I decided, <laughs> we not, decided to. not to go that route. We just, Isn't yeah. it interesting? I'm glad he lives in LA. How we came from such primitivity, and and now we're just 
reverting back. Yeah. We, we get we get the super smart and it's back. like we're so yeah. smart now that we have to become stupid again. Yeah. That's what I feel we like. Everything everything is a pendulum swing. It's pretty mm-hmm. wild. It is, yeah. That is true. Well, I wish the pendulum would swing the other way. I also wish people like Kamala Harris and Al Sharpton and all these people would find out what the facts are before they start running their mouths about how horrible basically white people are. Because that's where they took it. Well, that's how they get attention, and that's oh, how they get. Disgusting. News I don't even headlines. understand how Al Sharpton is still. I don't either. I the, don't either. What <laughs> a loser! Don't Something get suspicious it. about him because the <laughs> amount of times he's been discredited, he's shown that he has no idea what's going on, like. But he's yeah. yeah he still gets booked everywhere. I ran he still into apparently him. has money. I ran into him in Minneapolis, mm. and I, he has money because I'll tell you what, he was wearing a couple thousand dollar suit. Yeah. Does he still owe the federal government $5 million in back taxes? Why is he not in prison? Because he, he didn't he owe it to him for like years and years? He yeah. has money. Mm. He probably has good, good it always boils down. It always boils down to money. Yeah. yeah it is. <laughs> if you when, have no money, what you get away with stuff. Yeah. We'll be back. Kostaki joins us. You just stole right the stamps. Oh, my God. Oh, what if you stamps? He loves us. <laughs> Unbelievable. He's a we'll be back. Tom Bernard's here. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. What in the hell? No, just wait. It's beautiful. Wow. Do dream. Yes. 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 I think they're on tour right now. Yeah? Steppenwolf? Yeah. Steppenwolf? Yeah. yeah. They would be There's fun a to lot see. of Mata Hoople's playing at First Avenue next week. <laughs> Mata Hoople? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah, really. All the young dudes. They have to be. Hey, dudes. I mean, they have to be pretty old. Yeah. All right, we'll see how good L.A. Nick is at this. What was the original name of Steppenwolf before it was Steppenwolf? You know what? I have no idea. <laughs> John K. and the Sparrows. It was before my day. <laughs> okay, okay, here we oh, go. I was born in it 64. Was... That's, they were yeah. barely done by then. Well, they were done by 1970, I'll yeah. tell you that, pretty much. Kostaki Great band, though. I love that band. is on the phone. Kostaki, I know think. What, uh, Are you Kostaki? Hello? Oh, 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 oh I'm Joe. Oh, okay. Oh, it's Joe from Louisville. Well, we don't know where Kostaki is Oh, that's is, right. Then. No, well, Kostaki will be calling in but in, in about oh, uh, there a minute. there he is. But, yeah, there you go. But uh, Joe's got some info for us about Kostaki Economopolis. Mm. I'll let, uh, let those two fellas take it. Kostaki, you with us now? I'm here. What's up? What what's the buzz? Can you hear me? Yeah, just barely. I can hear you. Can hear me? Yep, I can hear you perfectly. <laughs> yeah, hey, All right, yeah, Kostaki. Kostaki, we've got uh, Joe from Louisville with us. Uh, he might have spent a buck or two just to walk in and just be graced by your presence. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that guy was great. We had a good time down there. That was a fun club. He sat right up front with a Vikings hat on, so he was an easy target. <laughs> yes, I was. It was funny shit, too. 
So you love Kasaki's very says, good on stage, isn't he? It? Said, he, he said to me, why are you still wearing a Vikings hat? I said, football season's not over. He says, it's for you guys. He's <laughs> not nice. wrong. That's yeah. nice. Way to go. <laughs> Boy, Kostaki, look at the time. We're all out of time after that comment. I know. That, yeah. that happens. That happens, yeah. That, what, Actually, so what's happening with you, man? A joke about the Falcons and a joke about the Vikings. Can we do them back-to-back? That's, that's fun, right? I'd l- love to I went, I went to the NFL Experience, and uh, they've got the Vince Lombardi trophy there, but it's in a glass case, so you can get really close, but you can't quite touch it, which is, of course, the perfect metaphor for a Falcons fan. Um, oh, oh, man. <laughs> Or Viking fan, and uh, yeah, and then I went to I was I, I tried the place kicking. I was so bad at it. Uh, the Vikings signed me immediately. Good night. Everybody. Oh my god. Oh god. Boy, look at the time again. Here we go. <laughs> um, here we go. I don't think people. I don't think men or women understand how hard it is to kick a football through the uprights. How very hard that is. Yeah, it's hard, especially when there's a sea of the biggest, strongest, fastest guys in the world chasing you down, <laughs> trying to block it. Coming at you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, right. I, I didn't even have that factor in my terrible kicks. <laughs> no, um, no, not at all. Super but Bowl it's really hard L- to do. I, I, I. It's it's the it's mostly eyes. This L I I I. What a perfect Super Bowl for the me generation. <laughs> the only more super <laughs> selfish. Super Bowl would be Super Bowl me me me. I can't I like believe it. Le'Veon Bell isn't playing in this one. Uh, ooh, next we got ooh, I like LIV. <laughs> they should have Aerosmith at halftime, then bring out Liv Tyler, right? That's a good match. And in six like years, it. Super Bowl LIX. What's the <laughs> band for that? Kiss? Madonna? Sponsored by Pornhub? I don't know. Tony <laughs> uh, Romo. Is going to be broad, uh, one of the broadcasters on Sunday. So Sunday he'll join Troy Aikman as the only Cowboys to appear in a Super Bowl this century. Uh, congrats. Really? Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Atlanta is the city too busy to hate. That's the slogan. I don't know. I can carve out some time for the Patriots, at least. Uh, <laughs> what a weird slogan. Yeah, it makes it, it sound like the people would be hate mongers if they just could clear up a long weekend, you know? I don't know if the rest of Georgia has embraced this theory. Come on down to make it. We got plenty of time. I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, see how that works for you. The state sent their billboards instead of their fans. Can the Patriots do that too? That would really help us out down here. Mm-hmm. There's a lesson like for it. us. Uh, one bad decision in New Orleans might follow you around for a while. Um, so the city of Atlanta has extended last call from 2.30 a.m. at bars to 4 a.m. for Super Bowl week. So I guess New Orleans kind of made it to Atlanta after all. Those, uh, those strippers are going to get great overtime. Atlanta has a ton of strip clubs and probably a couple of Cromarties, too. I'm just guessing. Uh, oh, no yeah. Object, of course, not allowed in strip clubs. The rules are clear. No filming or tampering with your balls. So... Uh, <laughs> oh, God, how do you live with yourself? <laughs> Fair question. Uh, this is Tom Brady's ninth Super Bowl. That's more Super Bowls than Larry King marriages. I looked it up. He's had eight to seven different women. Oh, what a stat! Um, the Patriots—they are—they're uh, oh, so easy to hate. Reggie Bush said the Patriots are going <laughs> to win by two or three touchdowns. In fact, he bet his college football salary on it. Uh, oh, I love it. <laughs> Rooting against the Patriots might be the first thing in years that brings the whole country together. Um, <laughs> it's a fundamental American value. It's patriotic to hate the Patriots. Um, the Rams have two male cheerleaders. Uh, is it Barry Sanders and Eric Dickerson? I would love for them to make a Super Bowl finally. Uh, Ooh, by the oh, way, I saw be... those two guys dance. <laughs> and I saw them interviewed. Here's my hot take. There won't be a problem with them hitting on the female cheerleaders. That's my read on the situation. Um, oh, okay. okay. Did you see the <laughs> Did you see the Pro Bowl? It was played in Camping World Stadium. That feels about right. Most people were sleeping through that. I googled uh, <laughs> how to watch the Pro Bowl broadcast and it said through your eyelids. So <laughs> that's how it's appropriate. 
Uh, Darren McFadden was arrested after being found asleep at the wheel at a Whataburger drive-thru. You see, that will never happen to C.J. Anderson. That's not a man who sleeps through meals. <laughs> C.J. Anderson, is if he's sleeping in a fast food parking lot, he's just waiting for it to open. <laughs> Music fans sleep outside of a Ticketmaster. I was doing these jokes all over Radio Row, and C.J. Anderson came and sat next to me. <laughs> and one of the things, he was great. He's actually not as big as he looks on TV. <laughs> Oh really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's he's very short actually. He's only about five eight, but he really? weighs more than I do. So he's he's a he's a thick guy. He's not fat, but he's thick. Um, I hope Tim Tebow's fiance survives the honeymoon. That's a lot of built up pressure. It's like she has front row tickets at a Gallagher show or something. Bring a poncho. <laughs> um. <laughs> I heard you used to open for Gallagher. Is that true? Thank you very That's much. That's not Great true. I did go see Gallagher <laughs> with my dad once. You did? I did. It was fun. He's a great writer. I mean, it, he turned out to be a total a-hole and, uh, mm. you know, just some stickiness that I could live without. But uh, right. the core of what he did was, I thought, it was good. He was a good writer. Um, all right, let's close on one of these. Terrell Owens says it's time for Antonio Brown and the Steelers to part ways. Um Brown's been taking career advice from Terrell Owens. Why? Because yeah. OJ wasn't available? <laughs> if the Steeler glove don't fit, you have to quit. <laughs> when Terrell Owens yeah, called himself I... a mentor, it made me think of the Princess Bride movie. You keep using that word. I do not think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> it probably doesn't. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be pretty. Yeah. I, I do you think it's going to be a terrible game, Kostaki? It might be a really bad I, Super Bowl. I mean, Super Bowls are always. It's always possible that they're terrible. Um, but on yeah. paper, I think this one's going to be good. I think it, you got two great coaches. You got two great offenses. The Rams have a lot of defensive stars. I think if the Rams don't screw it up, they're going to win this game. Um, I'm, I'm really for Todd Gurley, Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I think they're the better team. It's just a matter of. Of course, the Patriots have been there and done that, and they, you know, there's a well-trodden path to them winning this game uh, with the, the best quarterback of all time, maybe the best coach of all time, probably the best tight end of all time. <laughs> but, uh, but I think the Rams are a good team. I think they have a chance to win this game. Wonderful, Kostaki. I got to ask you a question because something just popped up on my screen. You ready for this? I'm ready. Okay, you know it was uh, 31 below real temperature this morning in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Uh, the Yikes. the wind chill was 52 below. Uh, there's a story that just popped up on the Newswire, and here's what the headline is. Snow plows idled due to extreme cold. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wow. too cold to plow snow. <laughs> Oh, God. It's it's actually so cold. This is true. It's actually so cold that metal doors that are painted, like we have a steel door, the paint Mm -hmm. is is falling off the door because the the metal is is expanding so much. It's popping the paint off of metal doors. Oh, God. Wow. And the whole paint is laying in in the snow in front of the door. I've seen multiple pictures of that today. It's not warm. That's how cold it is. Wow. It's not warm. I saw the headline today that it's it's so cold in the Midwest that they can't deliver beer. I'm like, that's a national yep. emergency. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we got to bring this out immediately. They're not even delivering mail. Yeah, they're not delivering anything. So, <laughs> oh my! In, in Atlanta, we had oh, about yeah. one inch of snow yesterday, and the whole place is <laughs> freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw I, I saw a, a Miami newscast weather thing and they said it was going down in the forty nine to wear layers. <laughs> oh Make God. sure you wear, wear layers. layers. <laughs> yep. Yep. Wear layers. layers. It's too cold. It's too cold out there. There's no question about it. I barely even um, wear layers when it's negative thirty. Yeah. I wore right. my I wore my coat. Yeah. I didn't wear a hat or mittens. So. I, I was saying I was saying earlier since Nancy's from North Dakota and her town where she grew up in has the cold, holds the record for coldest temperature set in North America minus sixty four mm-hmm. ambient temperature. Oh my god! So if you're oh. if you're if you're from there, you always make sure to carry emergency stuff in your car like snowsuit, sure. gloves, hat, and some food because you never know if you're going to get stuck. 
So, and then right now in this kind of weather, you should carry that stuff in your car because if you get stuck yeah. in, in if you run off the road and go into a ditch and you have to walk somewhere or your car breaks down, you better have some gear because yeah. you could die in this temperature. Yeah, open up the uh, compartment for the spare right. tire and find a Duraflame in there. Something. <laughs> you're going to need it. Let's warm things up. You are. On a lighter note, Kostaki, when do you think you'll be coming through Louisville again? Good question. I don't know. I, I generally do that club about every, uh, I don't know, 14, 15, 18 months or so. It's like a year plus. It's kind of the cycle over there. So uh, that's a okay. good question. Um, as I said on stage there, that's one of those clubs that uh, it's uh, it's got so much heart. It's been there since the early 80s, and everyone's been through there. Um, and it's gritty and real, and the sound is good. You just don't want to see it with the lights on because that place is a dump. <laughs> the grit really shows them. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's like the comedy store. It looks great it, and dark until you turn yeah. lights on. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's true of some of the best comedy outlets are like that <laughs> except for acme acme is nice in the light <clears throat> i'll be there in yep. april so uh get your tickets now. <laughs> april what maybe it'll be warm enough to uh go outside in april <laughs> oh it will it's warming uh-huh. up this weekend yeah it's gonna be 30 something this weekend almost 40 39 oh well well yeah fine. it's it's so cold <laughs> that they're canceling the mail today and in four days it's gonna <laughs> rain it's like <laughs> How does that even happen? Rain through rain, sleep, yeah. snow, be in the hail, but here next not. week. In the sixties in Louisville, yeah. yeah. Well, it's good, yeah, it's a good thing happening. Yeah. All right, Kostaki wants to go back to bed. We have to, we have to release him from this, this whole thing. <laughs> it's been great down here. I'm running around, hanging with all of my football heroes. It's been a real pleasure. So, uh, I'll well, who's your football you hero? On Monday, we'll do. Well, last night I met Jeff Garcia. Um, Oh, that's that guy cool. is an interesting character. He was undrafted. He went and played in the CFL, became an all-star there. He came to the NFL. He played in four Pro Bowls. He handled these weird questions about his sexuality with a lot of grace. He um, mm. he was a scrappy, like, never looked the part. He's kind of short. He's got red hair. He doesn't look like a quarterback at all. But he was just great for years and years and years. Every time they put him in, he was great. And he was like a mm-hmm. sneaky like fantasy star because they he was so good uh, inside the red zone that they never ran the ball down deep. So he got right. a lot of touchdowns. And anyway, I got a chance to shake his hand last night, take a picture with him, and say to him that you're the most underrated quarterback of all time. He was really uh, – he was a nice guy. It was nice to meet him. So, and yeah, it's very to, nice to you. I mean, I'm such a football nerd that even meeting the other football nerds, you know, like Peter King and, you know, mm-hmm. John Clayton and – all of those guys are there, you know, uh, Mike Florio and Dave Damashek. So just to kind of wander the wander the, the streets and the halls with those guys, it's just a real pleasure. And then every time you blink, you turn around, and there's the Dan Marino standing there and, you know, some other right, star from the right. past. And guys from my fantasy teams, you know, years ago are now running around hawking some item on Radio Row. So it's yeah. fun for a football dork to be around at all. <laughs> you are, I don't know about football, but you are a dork. So, you know. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was on the chess team. <laughs> there you I've go. Got lots of All right, we'll, we'll talk to you on Monday, Kostaki. Looking forward to it, pal. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Go Rams. You go Rams and take the Vikings with you or something. <laughs> oh. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show. 